Just like the first disciples, teach us to pray should be eagerly and always on the lips of every follower of Jesus. I'm Luke Heisler. This is the Teach Us to Pray podcast. I've been taking another look at the ways I was taught to pray over the past year and a half or so. I'm wanting to continue and deepen that journey for myself and provide a kind of roadmap for others on the way. And so, this is a limited exploration through Christian prayer, where we'll take a look at the different marks of a prayerful life, talking with some friends about what it means to pray until we become prayer. In these conversations, we'll be trying to break prayer down to its most basic form, communion of the mind with God, learning together how to become people marked by the presence of God in both the secret place and the public square. Thanks for listening. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Um, This week we're talking with a local pastor, academic, I guess, too, um, in the area. He's currently in in doing some doctoral work at the University of Geneva. Um, His name is Ryan Donnell. He's a worship pastor at Grace Church um, here in Anderson, or I guess in the upstate of South Carolina. Um, uh, In this episode, Ryan and I talk a bit about the Lord's Prayer, and we talk... um, about what that means in, in relation to other believers and to other people and to other prayers, um, what that means in relation to God and um, what that means for us and our ministry. We talk about the Trinitarian nature of prayer, how God prays with God to God. That's weird, I know, but um, it's, a, it's a cool topic that comes up quite a bit in this episode. Um, and, and we talk about um, assurance that we have that God is praying for us. Um, God himself is interceding on our behalf. Um, God understands our pain. God um, relates to our suffering, and he knows just what we need in it. Um, And so he prays for us and with us um, as we pray to him. Yeah, this is a really great episode. Um, Thanks for listening. Let's dive in. Uh, hey, welcome back to the podcast. I do this every time, but it's just a pre-recorded intro that I throw in here. <laughs> um, today is our last episode. Well, last real episode. There's like a couple different um, bonus episodes, whatever, that I threw on the end there because I thought, um, well, I didn't think they would be important to talk about until I was halfway through production. And then I was like, wow, oh, wow. I really shouldn't probably talk about these. So yeah, scrapped them together. Um Anyways, uh, yeah, we're, we're capping off the series by talking about the Lord's Prayer and about, um, you know, kind of important, <laughs> mm-hmm. and about um, God's praying for us, um, mm. which is cool. And I, mm. I don't, re- I have some thoughts about it, but I don't, I mean, I haven't really read about mm. that. Mm. I don't know. Um, just an interesting thing I was thinking about the other week. <clears throat> anyway, I'm here with, you can just, you just go ahead and introduce yourself. You're yeah. here. Hey, uh, yeah, thanks. Um, Ryan Donnell, and um, I'm a minister, a worship minister, and do some videography stuff mm. um, for my church. And then 
I'm a PhD student at the University of Geneva, studying at a distance, obviously here in the States instead of Switzerland. And um, and yeah, I worship God and <laughs> try to pray a lot. That's cool. <laughs> so, what do you like? What do you not like? What are you studying? What's that? Yeah. Um, so I'm studying in um, the field of systematic theology, and it has a modern focus. So mm. my research focuses on two modern theologians. One uh, is named Colin Gunton. He was a British um, theologian who died um, a little over a decade ago. Hmm. And he uh, did his doctoral work under Robert Jensen, and he wrote on Karl Barth and um, a guy named Charles Hartshorn. But... um, and then the other guy I'm writing on is named Leonardo Boff, and he's yeah. a Brazilian. I love Boff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Then he's. I didn't think he was very well known in the English speaking world. Um, but yeah. Um, right. I'm thinking of the right. Lots of Trinity stuff, right? Yeah. So he had. He wrote a book called Trinity and Society. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and he's a liberation theologian mm-hmm. and. Um, has a big focus on ecology and um, he's a former Jesuit yeah. and he left the, the priesthood mm-hmm. and after getting silenced by the Pope twice and yeah. so it's a kind of a interesting story. Yeah, my introduction to him I think was uh, maybe Wendell Berry. Okay. Um, or maybe it was um, this guy Martin Laird who wrote a a book on the contemplative tradition. And he was like, mm-hmm. sometimes uh, this is my favorite thing about like authors is that they'll just like list all of the people that they like. Yeah. Um, in like a roundabout way, of right. course, but they're like with like their references and they're like quotes. They're like, yeah. sometimes I'm convinced this doesn't apply to what you're talking about <laughs> at all. You just want to like name drop that you right. like this guy. Right, 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 um, right. I actually, I think it was him. Um, yeah. But yeah. 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 So um, both of them, they have a few things in common. One is just their focus on the doctrine of the Trinity and how um, applicable, um, but also essential to Christian faith. Mm-hmm. It is to be communing with God, but not God in the abstract, um, but the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they really want to think through the implications of Christian faith and mm-hmm. practice um, on the basis of the fact that God, um, or as Boff says, in the beginning um, is communion. And um, so they do that in different ways. And um, Gunton, I think, does it in some great ways. And there are things that probably could be critiqued as well. And then Boff does, he makes some, I think, really important contributions, but then he also has, um, yeah, some uh aporias some some paths i wouldn't want to go down um but um and so i'm studying how they uh how they work with the concept of freedom Hmm. and um and so my my research is on the topic of freedom in those two guys interesting yeah that's really cool yeah um just did a a finished up a hermeneutics project Mm. Um, for class, um, we had to present different methods of interpreting scripture. Mm. And the one I was assigned, along with two other white guys, was a, uh, a womanist theology. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
really interesting <laughs> and um, sure. the intersectionality that happens anyway mm-hmm. we could probably talk about yeah. all of that sort yeah. of stuff for for a million years but That's great. Um, yeah I guess to just hop right in sure uh, I mean I think <laughs> we were talking earlier uh, just a little bit before recording about like I, I've always been taught the Lord's Prayer is this like this a script like mm-hmm. quite literally a script to pray and it's it's the sinner's prayer too mm-hmm. and it's the you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. all this stuff mm-hmm. that this like super hyper traditional Baptist stuff mm-hmm. I don't want to say stuff but I don't mm-hmm. want to say what mm-hmm. I want to say on the podcast <laughs> um, bad stuff right. um, scubala this is a family show <laughs> it's a family show <laughs> um, but yeah so like that's not true we'll get there but um Growing up, it was for sure like a you like recite it, and it's like this bland thing, and there's not um, power mm. there. There's mm. not um, anything there. There's not com- there's not a source of compassion there. Mm. There's not a source of provision there. There's not mm. you're just you're barely praying. You're just kind of saying things. Yeah. Um, so moving from there to now, thinking um, with the help of people like John Mark Comer, um, mm-hmm. Tim Mackey, um, uh, I mean, Augustine mm-hmm. in Confessions mm-hmm. talks a lot about prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a prayer. It is the whole thing is a big <laughs> that's, prayer. That's a big um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't see another way of looking at the Lord's Prayer other than this sort of boots on the ground, like this is how you pray, like so then this is how you pray. Mm-hmm. But also do this stuff Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. have to do this stuff Mm -hmm. you can't and like doing this is quite literally like i mean what precedes the lord's prayer is jesus talking about providing for Mm -hmm. people who need providing for right um and how it's not one person's job to do that it's sort of a, a communal thing it is community to provide for other people yeah. um, for the right reasons, right? And then so he goes from there to the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. right? He's like, mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. don't pray right. for other people to see you pray. Right, And right. what is just like rote recitation Yeah. other than praying for the sake of other people seeing you to pray? Yeah. Um. So that's funny. I've never made that connection. Mm-hmm. That like quite literally all growing up, the point of the Lord's Prayer was to say it the best. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm that's ignoring the very like previous thing that Jesus says. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, from, from Luke's account of this mm-hmm. comes my, the namesake of the podcast. Yeah. When the disciples say, teach us to pray. Mm-hmm. And Jesus just hits them with like a couple lines of pure fire. Yeah. For um, sure. And yeah. I, what's, what do you, what do you, what do you see the Lord's Prayer as? What has kind of been your, I mean, a, a approach to it, thoughts, ruminations, r- just anything? Just go for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say, like, in my background, um, I was taught the Lord's Prayer. I came from a, a Reformed and Baptist context. It's not like we said it every day, but we learned it. Um, we were taught it, um, but not taught from it Mm. and I would not say that it structured um, my prayer life Um, 
or structured the way I thought about prayer mm-hmm. um, or practiced it. Um, I did see a lot of really healthy expressions of prayer um, and just living in God's presence um, just in the church community that I that I grew up in as a child. Yeah. Um, and I also am thankful I saw my parents model, um, I would say, a psalm-like praying where you can pray to God about anything. You can talk to God about mm. um, about everything. And that the psalms don't, for example, um, shy away from anger, doubt, um, yeah. betrayal, um, fear, um, all kinds of the whole range of human experience mm-hmm. and emotion. And I don't think that I think the Lord's Prayer includes um, all of those things. Um, mm-hmm. I think, <clears throat> but um, I would say for me personally, um, a sort of renewal around the content of the Lord's Prayer and how it could structure my life with God and mm-hmm. inform my discipleship happened a few years ago. Um, yeah, I started reading and uh, more um, about liturgy and how it forms you and and just thinking in a more focused way on um, different key uh, kind of central texts and practices in Christian mm-hmm. <laughs> tradition mm-hmm. and um, and not very far into that, the Lord's Prayer was a big one. And right. so I started reading and <clears throat> Uh, what different theologians um, had written about um, the Lord's Prayer and and prayer more generally, and really trying to let it, uh, when I don't know what to pray, I was really looking for ways to pray um, through a, a class I took in seminary at Gordon-Conwell on spiritual formation practices, and I was trying to learn new prayer habits. Mm. And so one of the prayer habits that I started to adopt during that season was um, starting my prayer times while I was walking, while I do uh, prayer walks, was just to start with the Lord's Prayer because I knew it. Mm -hmm. And because I knew it, um, it helped outline how I was going to pray. And it helped ground me because a lot of times you start praying, you don't know what to pray. You don't trust your thoughts and you're not sure about your words. So... So I could always start with the Lord's Prayer and just let it outline um, and kind of guide me through talking to God Mm. and know that I was doing something that was given to me by Christ and the Holy Spirit and directed towards our Father. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that kind of leads in, I guess, to like, I I had this thought, like, what does it mean? Maybe, Maybe for prayer in general, maybe just for prayer, for the Lord's Prayer specifically, that we're not we're, we're praying to and with sort of that communion that you were talking mm-hmm. about, the Trinity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're praying to and with a Trinitarian God, mm-hmm. um, not just one Father, mm-hmm. but a Father, Son, and Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Um, what does that mean for Yeah, that? that's it's, – it's funny. I think initially there was a part of me – I had gotten um, really, really, you know, just – energized about the doctrine of the Mm -hmm. Trinity. Mm -hmm. Um, 
for Christian faith and um, for both of what it can do as a structuring doctrine for the rest of of like how to work out theology. But it was also really existential. So it was mm-hmm. a real um, emotional connection for me um, during a time of my life where I was struggling with my relationship with my dad. Um, I was a new father, and um, which I was wrestling with, and yeah. and and. But it was also just so sharp. This intense love right. for my for my kids, mm-hmm. and and I found in in the fact of God being Father, Son, and Spirit, um, all this encouragement and all this comfort and all this sense of presence. Mm-hmm. Um, as I prayed and thought that way, and so when I came to the doc, uh, to the to the Lord's prayer, and it starts with Our Father, I thought, Yeah, but what about Jesus and the Spirit? <laughs> mm. um, but one of the life giving things about focusing on any one of the divine persons yeah. is that um, each person always draws you into communion mm. with the other persons. So you don't have to be afraid that in focusing on the Father, you're going to miss out on the centrality of Christ's mediating communion for you. Yeah. Or with the Spirit. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to just be from the Pentecostal or Assembly of yeah, God tradition right, right. to be like, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a huge deal. And you're not demoting the Son or the Father. Yeah by praying to the Spirit or by talking and theologizing and thinking and um, focusing on the Spirit. <clears throat> yeah, uh, quite literally, I think I had not had a, a conscious encounter. And I say conscious because I think probably I had. I just didn't have the context for it because of how I grew up um, with the Holy Spirit until I watched the sun set over the Grand Tetons mm-hmm. in Wyoming mm-hmm. with God. Not just mm. Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. just like gen- genuinely. Um, I was processing through that, writing about it a little bit the other day, and juxtaposing that against like uh, just a, a little bit ago, um, about a year ago actually now. Um, oh, more than a year. Whoa, that's super weird. Um, some friends and I drove to Utah <laughs> okay. uh, from from the upstate, and it was an amazing trip, mm. and we backpacked and camped out in the desert awesome. we felt like abba moses right, and all, right. like all those guys <laughs> evagrius ponticus <laughs> um and <laughs> it was incredible and i was thinking about like how i felt so plugged in so in tune with god that whole trip hmm. and hmm. and then that just has kind of lasted hmm. since hmm. then <clears throat> which is great to how sort of disconnected i felt and I genuinely think it was because of a lack of understanding of the Trinity mm-hmm. and the importance of the Holy Spirit in prayer and what the Holy Spirit does to us in prayer. I think <clears throat> more maybe, just a little bit maybe, if it is more, than the others. Um, this is my idea. It's Michael, Michael Reeves. Yeah. Uh, he says that the Holy Spirit invites us to be a fourth member in this like dance mm. of love. And I was like, dude, never heard that. Not <laughs> sure if it's what I was saying about C.S. Lewis with earlier with um, right. with inclusivism. Yeah. 
never heard that. But you could probably like parse this out in a way that some people are like some people are for sure looking at this and you're like, you're saying that prayer makes you God? I'm like, <laughs> no one's saying that. It's art. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I um I think the some of the salient um connections of truth there are mm-hmm. that yes, that God is communion and um and he shares his communion with us, and there is an overlap there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Greek word koinonia, that's why I love First John. This is where it really hit home for me, mm-hmm. was just studying First John and reading, really, really reading and focusing on the, the first few verses that mm-hmm. the uh, John's writing and saying that we have fellowship with the Father and the Son, and we're sharing, he's sharing that fellowship with us, yeah, and and that's the same fellowship we have between each other. Mm. And this writing, the reason we're writing to you is so that our mutual joy mm. will be full, yeah. complete, right? And it's like, wow, he just danced that, yeah, like, um, and that God is koinonia, but He's a koinonia that includes us, but not. I think there is some dangerous language with the, um you know, the grammar of being a fourth member. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but, but I, you will hear that though. Uh-huh. You'll hear um, with the word perichoresis, like, um, or a prayer critic um, in, you know, some description from Richard Rohr, mm. but you'll also hear it from the last chapter of Tim Keller's Reason for God. Yeah. And you'll right. hear it from, so you'll hear it from all different places. I think the danger and and what's helpful um, to be clear about some things that are unclear is that you know yes we're we're not saying and you shan't you can't say and you shouldn't say uh-huh. that we constitute God yeah you know you no know, God's God is already full and complete uh-huh. you know he's but he is sharing his life with us yeah and he is sharing mm-hmm. his fellowship with us and the Holy Spirit. Is, that is exactly what the Holy mm. Spirit is doing. He's inviting us into the communion mm-hmm. and life that is God. Yeah. And some, and I think that's why words like participation are oh, man. very important. <laughs> yeah. Was, but was, yeah, I, I definitely sense um, what you're describing and experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think then this is maybe shifting gears totally. <laughs> Who cares? Um, back to the Lord's Prayer. No, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's for um, sure because it has implications for it. But I'm not even going to comment on them <laughs> or mm-hmm. flesh them out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might be helpful to go through because we were talking right yeah. before about um, the Lord's Prayer. I mean, I mentioned not as a script, and now I'll say like I think that the Lord's Prayer is a template for for how we should pray and that what a praying life looks like. And genuinely, truly, if that's what the purpose of this podcast is, is to explore Christian prayer and provide a portrait of a healthy praying life, mm-hmm. um, then it's important. Yeah, Of course it is important yeah. to kind of touch on this. Um, so I think like this, this might be, I don't know, I haven't really done this. This is how I pray the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do a fixed hour prayer moment Mm -hmm. and do it smack dab in the middle of my days. Mm -hmm. Um, usually that doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. Um, usually it happens. It doesn't always happen. 
um, I start, and I'm not going to read. I, I want you, listener, because I think this will be easier for you. Okay. I want you to kind of, I'm not going to read the lines of Scripture. I'm just going to read kind of my comments on them. Just okay. my whatever. Okay. Um, tell you what I do. So first I take some time to think about God as someone who loves me, delights in me, who's proud of me, who's pleased with me, who will always give me a seat at his table, throw me a big party mm. when I come home after a little bit. Um, and then I think about the fact that God is all around me. He's um, embracing me um, constantly, eternally. I take this moment to like really try to breathe mm-hmm. in and out and imagine myself taking in more of God's presence mm-hmm. and breathing out whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I let myself just kind of sit mm-hmm. um, until I feel ready to start yeah. talking, verbalizing, whatever that looks like. And and sometimes, actually a lot of times, my prayer stays like this for a while. Yeah. Um, especially if I'm not walking, especially if I have a chance to sit down and do this. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it just keeps going like that and ends right. there. Yeah. Um, or keeps going like that until I have to get up and like continue right. with my day and then right. it still keeps going. Um, and that's, I mean, I touched on that in the, in the episode on contemplative prayer mm-hmm. and that was a really fun one. Mm-hmm. And then, so after that I, I spend a few minutes in worship, whether that's like a gratitude practice, um, sitting in silence, more silence, mm-hmm. right. Thinking through things. Um, sometimes I will sing from home, mm-hmm. grab my mm-hmm. guitar and just hang mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. um, write a list of things I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. thankful for, um, talk about attributes of God that I feel particularly drawn to that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I spend a little bit asking God for his will to be done mm-hmm. in, um, my church and in the city and in my mm-hmm. city at home, back home, um, my community here, some community I'm removed from now way back home, um, and try to find really specific things to pray for. Um, you know, it's the, mm-hmm. as, as, um, in Anderson as it is in heaven, you know, have you seen oh, those? No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it is that That's it's great. like yeah. it interceding for, for sure. My people, my city, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then, um, thinking of areas in my life that I need to just surrender control to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I spend a little bit praying through specific wants and needs of me, mm-hmm. of, of things mm-hmm. that I feel led by the spirit or throughout my day or by others to bring to the throne of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and my community as well, but, mm-hmm. um, praying over specific people in my community who n- actually need physical things or, mm-hmm. or spiritual things, emotional things. And then, um, I do confession mm-hmm. and forgiveness. Um, and then I ask the Holy Spirit to search and know me and tell me who I am um, withholding forgiveness from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I pray against temptation and troubles and sin struggles in my life, pray against specific sins, against specific kinds of evil, against bad things um, in my life and in my community. And I pray, and then I end by praying for God's blessing to flow unhindered out into the world through me. Um, I have this phrase I really, really like of, I I want to be in prayer so constantly that the soil I put my feet on is transformed into Eden, mm. um, which doesn't always happen. <laughs> Usually doesn't happen um, because I'm really bad at prayer. But 
that is my new take on the Lord's Prayer. Um, no, no sitting with my hands folded and my eyes closed. Right. Our Father in heaven, right. you know, right. um, that's fine. Like I, I went to an Anglican church this past mm-hmm. Sunday, um, and we recited the Our Father, and it was beautiful mm. and so like uniting on, on a on a I guess a an x-axis yeah right yeah but also on a y-axis and also on the z-axis that Mm. is time right like (laughs) this prayer unites us with the church right now all around us whether it's anglican or non-denom whatever it is yeah catholic yeah eastern orthodox people might freak out about those um yeah yeah (laughs) um it unites us with god Mm -hmm. with the godhead with the trinity Mm -hmm. um with the father with the son and with Mm -hmm. the holy spirit all individually as well, mm-hmm. if you can do that, whatever Personal, semantics, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it unites us back through time with the the church throughout history right. um, to the monks in France right. uh, in yeah. the fifteen hundreds, right. <laughs> and to Augustine and to um, Thomas Aquinas floating mm. in his chamber, whether he did that or not, who knows. Um, and to Jesus, to the yeah. the man that is Jesus. Yeah. Like, I think, I think, mm, I don't know. This is a little bit, maybe a little hot take. I don't know. I think we lose in the rejection of praying scripture, which I talked about on the podcast. N- no one was, was rejecting that knowingly, but like, there's a weird aversion to meditation and you know, hagavs like the like chewing on scripture, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. drooling over it quite uh, literally. Uh-huh. Um, and, the the, like, there's like a weird aversion to that, Hmm. but I think the, the rejection of that and the rejection specifically of like the Psalms, again, not an explicit rejection. I think it's this weird implicit subconscious thing that people Hmm. do where they're like, Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Um, cheapens the fact that Jesus was a man who practiced these things that, we are called to practice now, not in just the way of Jesus things, right? Not in the like, pray like this, our father in heaven, you know, but in the, I am singing the Psalms of Ascent as I go to (laughs) Jerusalem for this feast. Um, Or like the- And I'm praying Psalm 22 while I'm dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, why don't we recognize that? We, We have rightfully so, and honorably so, and and it's true and good, risen Jesus up to the place of his divinity mm-hmm. while forgetting, I think, that, and this is Crouch, mm-hmm. that he was a, a man as well with a cultural inheritance. Mm-hmm. And we share that same cultural inheritance through him. Mm-hmm. Um, and not saying that we should all become Messianic Jews, mm-hmm. but that maybe we should have a, a higher regard for tradition and for orthodoxy and for this sort of, I mean, the campus ministry I'm involved in, um, there's another campus ministry that is a reformed campus ministry mm-hmm. here and they end each time with a doxology mm-hmm. and then with the go in peace benediction. Nice. Um, it's great. And that. for three years, I've been trying to get us to do it too. <laughs> Uh, to no avail. <laughs> I got you. Um, I know how you feel. <laughs> we had an event. So I'm so sorry, James. <laughs> we had an event the other day um, 
were for leadership of like a fellowship night, worship night called Dogs and Doxologies. We were doing a hymns and hops thing without doing a hymns and hops thing. Because it's a Baptist ministry, and okay. you know how Baptists get about that. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> so not hymns and hops, no hops. I got you. <laughs> Just dogs and doxologies, <laughs> hot dogs and, and doxologies. Great. And we didn't sing the doxology. <laughs> mm. And it was in the name. And mm. I'm like, mm. I don't know what we're doing anymore mm. if it's just a time and this is now talking about the larger church, not BCM. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. sure, sure, sure. Um, I don't know what we're doing anymore. If it's just a time to come together, feel good about Sabbath and about um, about uh, uh, hospitality practices. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I'm really ragging on practicing the way right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love the work that the guys like John Mark Comer, Tyler State, and John Tyson are doing. Because I do see them trying to grab some of that, the tradition and pull it forward. Yep. And we were just talking about that. Yeah, like they yeah. for sure are doing that. Yeah. Um, but I think on our end, when we're receiving uh, sort of these like tools for discipleship and education, we cannot forget that like sleek and sexy discipleship is not like we need to remember where that is coming from. We can't mm. just be like, oh, Sabbath is this cool kind of new agey Christian vibe <laughs> or like contemplative prayer is right. like this, wow, like, right. you know, um, you're tapping into something that is like as ancient, if not more ancient than the church mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it should be to some extent treated like that. Yeah. And we get weirdly anti-intellectual about, yeah. about church history and about all that. But Well, yeah. I think there's... Um, there can be a romanticism, a romanticizing of the past. Um, some people do that. Some people don't understand that at all. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and it, but I think it would be sad and a loss if practices like you were describing personally, um, the way you're trying to walk through um, being silent, um, Focusing your mind on the presence of God, um, and then working through uh, using the Lord's Prayer in an outline fashion for your own form of prayer, it would be a huge loss if you just heard, "Oh well, that's just Luke's personality," mm. um, or he's just romantic about tradition, and so. But that's not for me. I don't think it's that. I think the the things exist in the tradition, and to think of tradition as just it's a passing on, it's a handing down. Yeah. And if it was worth being handed down for a really long time across a lot of different kinds of personalities, <laughs> and and through many wars and trials and tribulations and suffering and martyrdom, if it was worth still passing on, then I might. That's the thing about. The church is you. You have come to. And this is a Hebrews thing. If you need Bible, mm. um, the writer of Hebrews, I think it's the end of twelve, where he says, "When you come together and you worship, you've not come to Mount Sinai. You've come to Mount Zion, mm. and you've come." And then he starts describing <coughs> the overlap of heaven and earth in your worship yeah. as a community, yeah. as a church, and saying. You're in the presence of the souls of just persons made perfect. Yeah. Like, 
which is what the Eastern Church gets right about having saints in their sanctuaries. It's what we're—we don't have to do that to say this, Mm -hmm. but you need to hear what the writer of Hebrews is saying is that when you come to worship, you're worshiping with the people around you right there, but with all the saints across time, and even with the saints who are in glory right now, Mm -hmm. uh, in unresurrected, but nevertheless in intermediate glory, and— and when you pray that our Father, that first hour, that's who the hour is. That's mm, who you're praying with. Even good. if you're praying by yourself or when you're praying with the rest of the congregation, if you're in Christ, you're in Christ with everyone else who's in Christ. And if you're praying that prayer in the Holy Spirit, um, you're praying that that prayer in the Holy Spirit incorporated into Christ and to the Father. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the things that broke open, broke the prayer open for me in Trinitarian form or grammar is that, is that this is a prayer Jesus gave us. And so when, when I, I was reading Rowan Williams or something um, about the prayer of when Jesus is teaching us this prayer, he's teaching us his prayer. Hmm. So when you pray that our Father, you pray it with Christ. Oh, yeah. I mean, how That's awesome true. is yeah. that? It's like, it's not like I'm such an individualist and I hate it. I, I'm so American in these ways and I despise it, but it's in my blood. It's my DNA. It's, it's, it's the air I'm breathing. You know, it's like that when I started praying that our Father, I was just like, I'm praying this all by myself. Uh, I couldn't even think of it. Oh, right, I'm praying with Christ. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm praying to the Father. Yeah. And then again, it opened up to me. And who, who groans and breathes out my identity, except for the Spirit who mm-hmm. says Abba? You know, which is mm-hmm. what you know Paul taught us that the Spirit is groaning. He says this in Romans and Galatians that he's saying Abba. So we're breathing our own mm-hmm. sonship and identity in Christ um, when we pro- when we start with our Father. Um, so it is a thoroughly Trinitarian prayer, mm-hmm. but it's also praying with the church. And that's just in the first, I mean, possessive pronoun, our. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, but uh, – and I think that can be recovered – Everything we're saying can be recovered if you're in a more liturgical tradition or you're in a student union thing or, or fellowship college mm-hmm. ministry or whatever, or you're by, your, by yourself. Um, I think all of those things we're talking about can be recovered um, across the traditions, but... You're less of a cynic than I am, I guess. Then, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I it takes work. I, I think so. You know, but, I yeah. think it takes it takes a lot of work. But that's why these conversations are really important, yeah. and that's why the prayer is important. Um, another thing you said that I I think you'll agree with, and I I hear it intimated in everything you're describing, is that I think there is a fear of it being rote, just recitation. Mm. Like some sort of uh, magic spell, yeah. you know. It's like this is a Christian version of something that Harry Potter should say, and <laughs> and then this is gonna, you know, break the Horcrux or something. Right. And <laughs> it's it's not superstition if you are actually in relationship <laughs> with the other people praying yeah. hour, and you're in relationship with God. 
um, you know, it is just rote uh, recitation if that's all that it is for you. Mm-hmm. But but one of the things that I think militates against it being that is its actual content. So Jesus gave us something that is a prayer that you pray, but it, it is also a praxis. Yeah. It is a habitual practice. You, mm-hmm. If you get to our Father in his heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you get to the on earth part and you don't think about your actual life, which mm-hmm. is a crap storm yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that is full of mess uh-huh. and full of decay and full of lament and grief and also ecstasy and pleasure and right. joy and right. delight and beauty. And sometimes both. At and the same sometimes time. both at the exact same time, yeah. you know, in this um, um, sublime um, paradoxical moments of, of the both. Um, then you're not praying the prayer as Jesus gave it to us mm-hmm. to pray. We're praying for the on earth as in heaven, which is an already and not yet yeah. situation, or with um, asking for bread. Mm-hmm. How can you ask for food and ignore that it's our food? Mm-hmm. The prayer doesn't teach you to pray, my, um, you know, uh, give me this day my daily bread. That's not what it says. It's our bread. Yeah. So you're not allowed to think of food as just for yourself without it being for others. Mm. Likewise, forgiveness. You can't say forgive me, but don't forgive them. Mm. The prayer doesn't allow you to do that. In like multiple <laughs> ways it yes, doesn't allow you exactly. to do that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think that there are dynamics. That, yes, it's a prayer that you pray, but Jesus is clearly laying down a life to be lived. Yeah. It's so action-oriented. Right. In those ways. Yeah, what I don't want you to hear is that, like, I'm saying the, these words aren't important words. I, I think they are so important. Exactly. I think there's, like, power in the, the words of God. For sure. Um, but this came up in my episode, in our episode on um, meditating on Scripture, and mm. it'll come up in one of the bonus episodes on prophecy. Um, mm. Scripture is not uh, pages and ink marks. Mm. Scripture is an underpinning of wisdom and of of divine uh, declaration mm. to us that is communicated by mm-hmm. way of ink marks and mm-hmm, paper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you are trying to live your life by, in God's way, eat, eating of the, the tree of life, mm. by only trying to get as much information about these words and these pages in your head as you can, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's about living it. It's mm-hmm. about getting there. It's about tapping into this underpinning mm-hmm. that is this big current mm-hmm. that is flowing through this table mm-hmm. that is flowing mm-hmm. through this space between us mm-hmm. as we sit at it, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to have a desire to get into that you can't just want the words yeah you can't just want the physical the jots and tittles if you will right yeah, for sure um and i think yeah it, it tying this back to the lord's prayer like the thing that jumps out to me is the christian um the christian evangelical really uh 
aversion, apathy, whatever word you want to use towards social justice. Like Mm -hmm. when you pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then you, you vote for strict health care that doesn't give access to, doesn't give health care access to certain people because you don't like them. Mm -hmm. That's not God's will being done on earth Mm -hmm. or you want or even tie it more personal that just came to mind because it was just election day Mm -hmm. um even more personal you are rude and dismissive of the immigrant family that lives across the hall for whatever reason um right yeah and we could go on and on right or you roll your eyes at the black lives matter protests and at the hurt and at the suffering of other people, even though you don't understand it, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is begging us to understand it. Yeah. And yeah. The, the Trinity is what allows us to understand it. Uh, Martin Laird, I've referenced this in so mm-hmm. many episodes, mm-hmm. but who cares, says that we have access to the whole breadth of human suffering because of Christ Jesus crucified and resurrected. Mm. Mm. Like. Yeah. I mean, that's in the Bible yeah, too, yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah, that's, I think something that N.T. Wright's really good at talking about mm. um, in terms of not extracting the prayer from the whole context of the gospel in the sense of the, the actual, the gospel is literature, like the book of Luke or the book of Matthew, whichever text you're looking at, you can't abstract it from the life that Jesus lived. Mm. He is teaching this prayer and praying this prayer en route to the cross. Mm. Like he's, he's, he's in the thick of ministry to people. Um, he, he provided for a bunch of poor people on a plane in the thousands of them, you know, and yeah. then, so he knows what it's, and he's poor himself and he, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So he knows what it is to not have what he needs. And there's, a, you know, a, a group of rich women, one of whom is named Joanna, who's providing for his needs, yeah. um, and the rest of his 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 posse disciples. You know, so um, you you touch on some hot topics, um, whether it's healthcare or immigration. Um, I think the temptations would be to um, just fall into the. <laughs> what Josh McNall calls the zeros and ones of political polarization mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because just like the algorithm is going to get really um, uh, a, a lot of uh, traffic if you respond really extremely to this is the way and everybody else is is wrong, um, that's going to get all the attention online. I think what can be missed, I mean – they're complicated issues. Immigration's a complicated issue. Um, healthcare is a complicated issue. However, and there's lots of there's not one decision to be made. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a whole suite of of complicated decisions to be made. I think what Christians have to come together on, and what our responsibility to come together on, um, to be faithful and to be allegiant to Christ is um, that the Lord's Prayer and Christianity don't allow you to love God and say that you love God without loving your neighbor. Mm, mm-hmm. It's just that kind of dichotomy is not on the table. Right. So, you know, to point to 
any any moment of apathy. Um, these people are wrong. They're violent. They're destroying things because they're angry and they're wrong. So now I can write them off. No, actually, well, you can't. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus didn't write them off. Even the zealots. To like, he has a d- disciple who's a nationalist zealot. Yeah. Who he's got incorporated in there. Um, alongside other people who would be from a completely different political spectrum. Matthew. Yeah, right, Matthew. Exactly. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> so, it's a, it's, it's an, uh, I'm going to draw this connection. Who cares? It's right. an Antifa, uh, like, guy. Okay. And a, like, super, <laughs> like, uh, penny-pinching, like, pull up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, raise through the ranks of Roman hierarchy to right. become a tax collector. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean... It's so funny yes, to me. It's, it's, but also, like, there's heavy implications there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think, I think if at any point you're starting to look at another human being and the word cockroach can come to your mind, mm. that is precisely what all the professing Christians who were going to church on Sunday in Rwanda started doing. Mm. And they would they could yeah. recite the Lord's Prayer and pray and worship in their services. But there was this one other tribe that they started to see as cockroaches and that enabled a genocide yeah. in a predominantly um, Christ-professing demographic of people yeah. in a nation. I know that's another side of the world, right. but it's an instructive story. So no matter what the human being, who the human being you're you're speaking about is, if there's any part of your Christianity that lets you um, get by with asking for forgiveness and saying, I'd like some bread now. I'd like my table to be full, but not theirs. Or yeah. I would like my slate to be clean with you because of the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, but not theirs. Then you are you're imbibing and embodying the ethos of hell, mm-hmm. not the ethos of heaven. And the sad thing is, is that many of us, and I've had those moments myself, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I've committed that sin myself, um, can live in that paradox. You can actually be a real Christian, but be doing something incredibly satanic yeah. with your attitude um, by letting that dichotomy persist. And I think... It's a huge pitfall right mm-hmm. now um, on the left or the right side of political spectrum. Um, but this prayer as a, uh, as a pattern for prayer and as a praxis for living the Christian life um, call us away from those dichotomies. Mm. Yeah, and I think that... I don't know. It, I mean, it is hard. Don't hear that like this is an easy thing to do, oh, and, no. and you know, and it's definitely something that I have to kind of fight against as well. Um, but it's a lot easier when you realize that. Oh, this is this is so good. It's a lot easier when you realize that God Himself is like praying for our success in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, talk about a segue. Wow. <laughs> um, no, but it, but it, it truly is. And, um, and the fact that the Holy Spirit um, 
whether we like it or not, whether we want to or not, is inviting us into something that is greater than any compassion we can ever put on Mm -hmm. and greater than any empathy, if you want to use that word. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a hot button word Mm -hmm. um, that we could put out, put forward. Um, Because we have a a divine shoulder to cry on, we, our shoulders become, Mm -hmm. in a way, divine shoulders Mm -hmm. for others to cry on. Mm -hmm. So why don't we steward that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is it is only by the faithful prayer that's so weird to think about mm-hmm. of God mm-hmm. that we can become that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that goes too with the prayer being taught to his followers. Yeah. The, the, his decide, the context of, of the teaching is that the disciples are, like as I said before, they're on the way. They're, you know... With Jesus following him in his way of life, on his way to bring <coughs> um, kingdom on earth as in heaven, vis-a-vis the cross, yeah. a, a thorny crown, not a golden one. And it's in their process of learning how to live that life and taking steps after Jesus that they're taught this prayer. That's the context where in mm. a prayer like this makes sense. And... um. And again, as we as we talked about before, the prayer opens up as this is a prayer Jesus prays. Yeah. And I one of the things, of course, the connections in the gospels of the the Garden of Gethsemane scene is that I, I love there's a all sons and daughters bridge mm. that um um that says, not my will, but yours be done. It's the I Surrender song. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and what that song does is what the point I'm going to try to make, which is that <clears throat> up to that point in the song, you're praying, I surrender, thinking mm-hmm. of yourself. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the bridge and you have to sing, not my will, but yours be done, you're praying words that Jesus spoke. Yeah. And what you should start thinking is, wait a minute, Jesus surrendered himself up through his suffering mm-hmm. to the Father. And he prayed, not my will, but yours. He united the, the, the distance of creatureliness and the situation of fallenness. He reunited it to to the will of the Father, to the divine will mm. in his submission of yeah. that, in his surrender and reconciled humanity in that way, in that prayer. He's actually praying the Lord's Prayer in the garden yeah. as the Lord's Prayer and saying, now in this moment, I'm actually going to unite my will to yours. Right. And and he's surrendering. So that to me transformed the song our surrender is a surrendering in and through Christ. And so this prayer, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer makes this point repeatedly about praying the Psalms. Oh. We are praying the prayers of Christ. And yeah. he's giving this prayer not just as a, hey, this is a cool template I thought up the other day, but this is the prayer life of Christ given to us to pray in the breaths of the Spirit to the Father, to to unite to the work that he's doing and the life that he mm. wants to share with us. That, um, 
I mean, that's rich, but you don't get that by just abstracting the prayer. Yeah. You only get that through um, seeing it in the narrative, course of the narrative and the life that Jesus lived in his prayer life. You only get it from seeing the, and Jesus rose early and, and went out into the desert to pray. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, right. well, yeah. I don't have a desert, so I guess I yes. can't do that. Yes. But it's like, well, um, like as you were saying that, like thinking of Jesus's prayer life as a model, as a template for a prayer life, mm. like mm-hmm. he does it all. Mm-hmm. He does intercession. He does for petition. Sure. He does silence and solitude. He does contemplation. He does um, active intercession, which mm-hmm. is uh, Jonathan Tremaine. Uh, he has a, a nonprofit out in Portland um, called Civil Righteousness. Mm. And it is a like civil rights nonprofit. Um, and he talks about active intercession of what we were talking about. Like you can't do the, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and not d- do something about right, it. Like right. You have to do it. You can't just say it. Yeah. Um, yes. He, yeah. Jesus does lament. Jesus does mm-hmm. uh, the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like uh, now... Yeah. As well. Yes. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Right. Yeah. hmm. And that's, I think that you're in fellowship with someone praying the prayer and that's with a bunch of other people, but you're in fellowship with Jesus when you pray this prayer Mm -hmm. and when you live this life. I think the the things that we would want to critique and avoid are separating this prayer from the praxis of really following Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. And um, and if you romanticize, uh, you know, um, just a, a rote recitation of something, that just becomes a dead superstition mm. if it's not bound to the, the life lived in following Jesus. And also if you feel great about how you pray the Lord's Prayer and you had this really whatever um, – sweet emotional experience with others or by yourself, but you're not a community that's actually going to, okay, we prayed that, let's go. Not rather than, well, yeah, I'm waiting for Jesus to bring the kingdom on earth as in heaven. That's what he's going to do when he comes back. And in the meantime, I just do whatever the heck I want. It's kind of our job. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, like, no, actually, this is a this is a mission statement for the project. You know, mm-hmm. now go live and embody um, a life that brings the the ethos of heaven to the earth, and that's what Christ's life looks like, and that's what the disciples lived, and that's what the church is supposed to do. Go give food, go provide home for other people, and care about the people who don't have that, and go uh, generously give forgiveness to other people um, who are your enemies that you are called to love because. In the cross of Christ, we see God loving His own enemies, mm-hmm. and this—that's the—and and rising again for them. So that's how you can forgive. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a life of practice, and yeah. that's the kind of people we want to be—people of the Lord's Prayer, not just people who pray it. Um, but yeah, that's—I mean—that's—and that's what. That's the hard work. Um, both of both the prayer is work as well as the, the yeah, <laughs> living. Yeah, yeah, right, sure. right. Yeah, that's why I think for this series, this podcast, whatever I'm calling it, I guess, <laughs> um, I've latched on to the like term, phrase, whatever, praying life. Mm. Um, what a, what does a praying life look like? What does living prayerfully look like? Because 
the secret place, quiet contemplation, uh, vigorous intercession even, where you Mm -hmm. feel like you're sweating blood Mm -hmm. for people that you love is only half of prayer. Mm -hmm. The other half is seeing that out into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Man, Lewis has an essay about the efficacy of prayer. If you want your world rocked, go ahead and read that. Um, uh, He talks about how our prayers are so powerful. Our our words to God have so much power that sometimes he has to say no. (laughs) Because if he let what we are asking to happen, happen, like he he's let right, you know what I mean? Like I can I can pick this up my phone up and throw it at you mm-hmm, across the table mm-hmm. and odds are it's gonna hit you. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. whether you like deflect mm-hmm. it away or whatever, <laughs> odds are it's gonna hit you. But if I pray, God, lift this phone up off the table and fling it over at Ryan, it's probably not gonna happen. No, right, yeah. Um and I mean, he does a much better, much right, better right, job right, explaining right. it all than, than I can, but <laughs> uh, he wrote the essay. Okay. But um, And there's a lot of other great stuff in there too uh, as well. And yeah, I just, I really see, I wanted to try to make it work where, where I could have an episode talking about the, um, how prayer ushers in the eschaton, mm. um, but it just didn't work out and, and couldn't really bring together enough thoughts on it, couldn't nail down a guest. So it didn't work out, but um, it's come up time and time and i think mm-hmm. it's come up more than than anything in this episode but um well i mean i think where it's like we're talking all around it but that is um when jesus announced that the kingdom was coming and then he also announces in luke that the the kingdom of god is within them and then he um dies with a crown on his head and a placard that reads king of the jews um all the gospel writers i agree with a lot of new testament scholars who say this the kingdom of god did come Mm. it did it was inaugurated with um with jesus's presence with the king's presence on earth the kingdom started um and the the difficulty we have with that new reality in the resurrection of Jesus is that not all the kingdom, it's not all the kingdom yet. And yeah. it's not because why? Because another synonymous phrase for that is God's will is not being done on earth as in heaven. And so our, our response is to, <coughs> we need to do God's will and we need to work for and pray for and suffer for it to be done. And that's done through suffering and trial and 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 faithfulness and so that's the tough stuff but that is eschaton overlapping right now the two ages the present age and the age to come um yeah so yeah it is it is happening and i think the prayer brings it together um in um, some really simple but super profound thick and rich ways um which is another reason why it's a great, a great prayer. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I did. There's something that came to mind about your whole series um, that I've been thinking about. <clears throat> You'll come across this phrase in almost all kind, tons of theologians. They all like to quote um, 
this guy named who he was a Catholic priest named Prosper of Aquitaine, and he mm. was making an argument, and in the process of argument, um, a statement he made got reduced to this phrase. The phrase is lex orandi, lex credendi. Um, it basically means the, the law of prayer is the law of credence or of mm. faith or yeah. of belief. And he means by law like the principle, like the the principle, the habit, the mm. order of of your prayer, of your worship, will be the order, the principle of your um, credence, your belief, your faith, yeah. which you believe. <laughs> so the way you pray will be the way that you believe. Mm. And so how you pray, how you worship God, actually it's it, it shapes who you are huh. and it shapes what, what the what you believe. We often think it's the other way around. We think, right. well, I believe this way, so I worship this way. And I think this prayer as a habit of life is a gift from God, obviously, to us <laughs> you know, yeah. through Jesus. Yeah. But it is a way of praying that can shape and reshape and transform the way we believe and what we believe. Hmm. And um, um, in my church, in the last year, we um, started, we had concluded as a, a team, a project team, that was working on ways to um, change our practices in our church. And it's a non-denominational church that's a kind of low uh, liturgy form, but we wanted to take the Lord's Prayer and spend a lot of time and dedicate to praying it and teaching about it and writing songs from it and, mm. and having services, prayer services for our church dedicated to ruminating on and applying and praying the Lord's Prayer, yeah. a phrase by phrase. and. And so we've been trying to integrate practices that integrate the Lord's Prayer in lots of different ways. And it's been really rich and convicting. But I think it's definitely shown the power of that this practice, actually, the practice of taking the prayer changes the way we are Christians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just, to me, proves Prosper, Prosper of Aquitaine's point. Right, right. <laughs> Man, this has been a great conversation, a good episode. And I, I, no, we could sit here for, I think, another hour. Easy, but, for um, sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone's going to listen to that long of an episode. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank um, you. Thanks for all your insights into the Lord's Prayer and into sort of like prayerful living mm. um, and, and doing thank you doing all the prayer things. Yeah, for sure. It was a blast. Um, or at least trying. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a super fun time. And uh yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening. Um, thanks for listening to this podcast. Uh, Absolutely. I guess it's done. Well, like I said, there'll be a couple more episodes, but um, this was a, a quite a limited exploration of Christian prayer. Mm. I, I, we had about 10 episodes, and then there'll be a little bit more. But, um, yeah, so don't take all 10 of these titles of <laughs> what prayer is as like, this is all that prayer is, is these 10 things. Yeah. Um, 10 things feels like a lot to me, yeah. but as I've been reading and thinking and, and looking at scripture and it, all, all that, like, boy, is that only scratching the surface? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I could do a whole series on, on the Lord's prayer and, sure. and things like that. So, sure. um, there's a lot of richness, uh, here. So yeah, jump into it. Don't be afraid to lean in and it's scary, but it's also, I mean, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. Bye. Cool.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Teach Us to Pray podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and share it with your friends. We hope this conversation was helpful to you and to your practice of prayer. If you missed any of the other ones, you can go back and listen wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you back here next week with a new guest and a new topic. Thanks again. Bye.